Guys, welcome to Real Talk with Keith Smith. My name is Jerry Miller. It's a good Friday morning to you. Thank you kindly for joining us. We are live in downtown Charlottesville, but our audience, the World Wide Web, as we stream this show live on every social media platform known to mankind. Real Talk with Keith Smith has become the conversation in the face of real estate in the Central Virginia community. Realtors, brokers, and trusted advisors on the supply chain we call real estate routinely join us on this program to talk the trials and tribulations of buying and selling real estate. You, the viewer and listener, can shape the discussion by offering your thoughts in the comments section. If you'd like a case study on your perspective situation, your respective situation, we're happy to do that as well. Judah Wickhauer, the director, why don't we go to the studio camera and then the two-shot and welcome our star, Keith Smith. Good Friday morning, Keith Smith. Star, huh? Hold on. Do I have a star? Hold on a second. Is there a you star? have a star. There's there you go. Star. There's a star. star. There we go. I, you know, I, I, um, we've, we've been having some really great shows the last couple of three weeks. Some excellent guests coming on. A lot of great information out, out there um, in two-way conversation with the viewers and, and the uh, listeners. That being said, I absolutely love it when it's just you and I. Oh, absolutely. I have the most fun. Uh, you know, it's just in, in an hour or however long we do, do this flies by. So, A, I want to thank you absolutely. for doing it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, I, in the, in the run-up, I was before the cameras went, went hot, I was talking about we just closed, Yona and I, we just closed, and Emily Funk actually, just closed probably one of the most complicated transactions I've closed in decades, which, which is kind of saying something. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Albemarle County. I've, I've, I've publicly said n- numerous times that we've got to turn red tape into green tape. So what happened is that this particular seller who we represented, um, their garage was on somebody else's property. So what we needed to do is get what's called a boundary line adjustment, which is very complicated. There's multiple moving parts to go ahead and do it. But Albemarle County's process for that's roughly 45 days. And we had a clock ticking, right, for lock rate lock and so forth and so on. And they were able to do that in less than two weeks. That's great. So, you know, we, we little hats off to them. You know, they did it, particularly Rebecca. Uh, uh, oh, God, I've forgotten Rebecca's last name. It'll come. Uh, Rag, Ragsberth. It'll come back to me in a minute. I'll have to look it up. But the whole department over there chimed in. I went in there and said, look, we've got a problem. Uh, and they stepped up and and, and performed and did it. So uh, I publicly want to say thank you to them because we would not have been able to make magic happen. And it was a domino deal, right? So if we weren't able to do it, it just would have stacked all the way down about four or five other transactions. It just would have been not happy across the board. So hats off to them. Uh, you know, if, if, if they didn't uh, step up and make it happen, we wouldn't have made it happen yesterday. Let's cut that into a sizzle reel. And we'll post that on Real Talk with Keith Smith. We'll get that sizzle reel out uh, later today, J-Dubs. There's the reel. Albemarle County um, making, uh, making moves here in the real estate Ragsdale sector. Ragsdale is the last name. Yeah. Ragsdale. Very nicely done, Albemarle County. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was huge. They stepped up and did the right thing. And, and, and you know, we have said that the county needs to do that. And a lot of people kind of give them a hard time. When they do something right, we should give them thumbs up and kudos and thank you. Thank you for doing that. So, thank you. Most difficult deal you've ever done? No. No. No? no. Tell us about the but most it, difficult one. Well, see, you've, it, it's, it's complicated, right? 
because I'm a, develop, I'm a recovering developer. Development deals are the most complicated. This came as close to a development deal as one, one, one could get. You know, when, when you go ahead and get a physical survey back, look, guys, you're going to buy a house. Get a physical survey. Yeah. We talked about this the other day, right? You, you know, what, know what you're buying. So the decouch garage was on somebody else's property. The propane tanks that were heating and cooling excuse me, the heating the house and, and, and washer, excuse me, dryer and, and stove was on somebody else's property. You know, the septic field was on somebody else's property. It was a cluster bleep on, on that end of it. But we got it worked out, and as I said the other day, I'd rather be lucky than good. As it turns out, our buyer was related to the adjoining property owner, which made life so much simpler because, frankly, if they weren't, I'm not so sure what we would. I'm not so sure we could have figured this out. At this point, and then the next question is: Is well, if we didn't, what the hell happens next, right? Because these there's loans attached to it. It's a really complicated. What would help and happen next? I, you know, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I think. I think if this deal didn't close and this boundary line adjustment didn't happen, somebody's got to pick up the phone and call the lender, or the or the title company or something. You know, because technically, this guy can't couldn't access his garage because it wasn't on his property. And his fuel to heat his house wasn't on his property. It, it, was, it was pretty complicated. But anyway, it's all about trusted advisors. It's all about bringing the right people to the table on that end of it. We did. And again, you know, we did everything we could, but it was hanging on Albemarle County, and they stepped up and did the right thing, and we closed on time and when we needed to do it because they were going to lose the rate lock, Right. And as everybody knows, watching the race, rates are kind of climbing up a little bit, and it would have impacted them almost a full point, a full percentage point. Yeah, it was, it was um, all-consuming for about two weeks to make, to make this happen. Johnny so, Ornalis watching the show. He says, hey, good morning, gentlemen. Always a great Friday with both of your fabulous faces fabulous and your fabulous faces. hair in this beautiful morning. Johnny, By the way, great haircut. Me. Yeah, thank you. Johnny Ornalis. Um, you guys showed up and you guys showed out at the school board meeting last night. Very impressive. Nearly 130 people wearing red in support of collective bargaining last night at a school board meeting that was, I think, the most highly attended in the many years that I've been watching these school board meetings. Johnny, your beautiful wife is a leader of Amen. people and a visionary. I've been so impressed with her rallying efforts with teachers in this community, and watching her on the bullhorn yesterday rallying the troops was an impressive, impressive sight. J.O., your family, a huge addition and a welcome addition to this community. Um, Bill would, McChesney giving hey, Bill. Keith Smith some props, the mayor of McIntyre. Thank you, Bill. Viewers and listeners, if you have any questions about zoning, and I know you do, Mayor of McIntyre, Let's talk. put them in the feed, and Let's I will talk. relay them live on air to Keith Smith. Yeah, let's talk. I mean, uh, I was following Neil Williamson's um, uh, postings and stuff like that at the first city uh, planning, you know, the open house that they had for the uh, upzoning or the rezoning rewrite for uh, City of Charlotte. So it was good to see it was well attended. I think that was the first time he's ever hashtagged no seats available. Usually it's seats available, so that was great news. That well, the there were no seats available because there were no seats. It was a joke. Oh. Yeah. 
There was actually no seats. Okay. It was people were just standing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I looked at it in a different way. So there yeah. you go. But yeah. Okay. There you go. It was a standing event. It was a standing event. Yeah. Got it. No seats available. Yeah. Got it. Um, boy, I'm batting a thousand today. No, <laughs> on, I mean, on hey. This stuff. On this stuff. So, yeah, so uh, let's, and if somebody has any questions about zoning, let's, you know, we, we kind of are experts about it, or at least perceived to be anyway. Uh, let's talk a little bit about it and talk about what, what's going on, you know, as far as the, the general housing market goes. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, as soon as this thing reboots here, uh, the, last seven, the last seven days, we've got 61 coming on, 78 going pending. So we, we've got inventories picking up just a little bit, but not that much. Um, but pendings are, are ratcheting up big time through that end of it. So, uh, you know, the, the market is, the housing market anyway, is moving. Not so sure the affordability index is getting any better, but, but uh, in fact, I know it's not. But, uh, you know, the, the, it's getting a little bit, little bit better. Give us a, why don't we give us a take on the market? What's going on? Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, it, it's staying flat, right? The inventory, I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at what happened a week ago. We're in the 50 to 60 range of new units coming on the market, and our pendings are just increasing, right? A couple of months ago, we were in the 40s and the 50s. Right now, we're in 78, 80, so that means homes are coming off the market. I do want to look at something real quick, because I, I predicted, I guess, a month or so ago, that the DOMs, all these 100-plus DOMs were, were going to start going away. So let me look at something real quick. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking at the 78 that went pending, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them that are triple digits. Excuse me, eight of them that are triple digits. Everything else is, you know, in the double digits, in the medium days on market as far as pending is 12. So the housing market is moving. We talked about it on Wednesday. Now's a great time to put a house on the market. You know, just not enough inventory to go ahead and do that. Do we see uh, values in any kind of precarious positions? No. Okay. But yes. Okay. Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah. So it's what I've always been talking about. Location, price, features, condition, right? Then timing and who's on the other side matters. Um, if you're in the right location, you're priced right, you've got the right features, you've got the right condition, your value is just going to keep on climbing. If you're not in the right location, and micro, micro markets matter, micro locations matter on that end of it, um, yeah, it, it, you, you, may either, may, you may hit a, a flat spot or it may go backwards on it. But where most folks want to be, I was in Richmond yesterday looking at houses. I had meetings. I was looking at houses for our 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 son-in-law and our daughter. And it was really interesting. And that market's very different. A couple blocks make a huge difference in the market. And it's very interesting because there was a couple of homes that were not at the right location, but the right price, didn't have the right features, didn't have the right conditions, and there was nobody there. There was two or three that were absolutely in the right location, price right, right features, right condition, and there was a line out the door for people to get in. So that's kind of in a visual uh, ex uh, example of why right location, right price matters, and then features and condition also matter in today's, in today's, in today's market. Maggie Gunnell says, good morning, fellas. Hey, Maggie. Hey, great job on Monday. That was a great show, man. 
Thank you. Um, I concur. You did a hell of a job, Maggie Gunnels, on Real Talk with Keith Smith, and good morning to you. Grayson watching in North Downtown. As a follow-up to Jerry's question, I'm also worried about values in this community. There's a number of homes that sold on my block during COVID at peak price point, and we're not seeing that kind of purchasing power today in the neighborhood. And a point that Jerry has made on the show middle of the week is the violence is escalating, and that has all of us worried. That's something we talked about with Maggie as well. So this topic is reoccurring now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, so let's, let's cut that in half. Okay. Right. So let's talk about valuation. Again, it depends on the location, depends on the where, right? So if we're in Charlottesville, right, um, you know, we can quickly take a quick look at is values decreasing this month versus last month. I can tell you in 2022, year over year, they have not been decreasing. I think um, overall market, I think we're probably going to be look at the end of 2023 of probably nationwide, probably the third to the fifth highest uh, valuation in the history of, the, you know, of, of doing this. The violence thing. Um, Neil is, Williamson, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, it's never a good thing. It's never a good thing for anything. Uh, but it could impact, you know, it, it could impact valuation. I just think there is so much pent-up demand of buyers. I just think it might weed out some people out of the buyer perspective, but other folks, they'll do it. An example of the one house, the two houses I was looking at in Richmond, was actually in a neighborhood known to have some violence in it, and the line was out the door. The neighborhoods that didn't have it, I don't know if this is an equation or not, don't know anything other than just my observation of yesterday, um, is there was nobody in, in line. It was more the wrong location. You need to back out of a house into a busy street, that kind, of, that kind of thing. But the one that was in neighborhoods that could be considered rough, to my language, uh, there was a line out the door. So I, I don't know if it's going to have a huge impact at the moment. So no impact at the moment. in Fifeville or 10th and Page specifically, at, where we've seen murders in daytime hours. I think so was could, it two days ago I in 10th and could, Page someone was murdered during the daytime? I think you could call that an assassination. 10th uh, tenth, and Page, the, I don't think that was which assassination. Which the one where, where the buck? Uh, that was Eldridge Skeeter Smith. That was Fifeville, outside Fifeville Park. And we still don't have a motive for that murder yet. Well, so no concerns that so, these murders are influencing values. I have not heard it in my conversation. So if there's other real estate agents listening, nobody has said to me, matter of fact, we've got multiple phone calls in the last couple of days, some of them from UVA parents wanting to buy houses for their kids in around the university. That's picked back up in the last couple of weeks. So nobody, that, two conversations I haven't heard, that's just me. Right. We, How about realtors watching the show? Viewers yeah, and listeners that, watching the show. Yeah. So if please if, join in with the discussion. As somebody said, I do not want to be in the center of Charlottesville because of the the the, the uptick in shootings of it. And I think it's a little bit more than an uptick. It went from zero to quite a bit. We we would we never heard of this. At least I haven't for years. You got our our colleague here, Maggie Gunnels, on the feed. I don't know. She says 
My clients are desperate to move from the 10th and Page neighborhood. Yeah, okay. Desperate yeah. is the word she used. So, so as a product of New York City growing up in the 60s and the 70s, I know what crime can do to a neighborhood and the valuation of it. And, you know, it's just common sense. Is that, if that is not um, addressed, it could impact valuation in 10th and Page. It could impact that. You know, it, it, it happened in the 60s and the 70s. I grew up through it, right? You, everybody, it was, I'm a prime example of that, right? Left the city, right? Left that because the neighborhoods were getting bad, for lack of a better term. And we moved out to the suburbs, which then will only put more pressure on Lake Monticello, right? And some of the areas outside of the center of the thing. My hope is, and actually my wife mentioned, Yona mentioned this to me this morning, um, and I'm going to try to reach out to him. Uh, and you probably already doing this. Um, see if we can get the new chief on the show and talk about this. Chief Cotchis going to yeah. meet with him early next week. Yeah, um, I think he's he's got um, he's the right man for the job. But Chief Cotchis, which we'll talk about next week, I do believe you have um, a steeper hill to climb than initially anticipated. Um, Maggie follows my clients. Literally used the word desperate with me. Yeah. She says they were originally 100% set on buying in the city and now they are looking outside the city and eager to move quickly. So these are buyers not sellers. They own a home in 10th and Page. And they're trying so to sell sell their 10th and Page and, page and, and buy from. something else. Yeah. She also says I don't think it'll have a long-term effect though. The city will always have a strong buyer pool, but it's something to overcome now for certain. Yeah, so then then you have to That's ask a two deal right there. That could be happen. So the other end of it, too, is we got the other, the other end of the spectrum of the conversations we're having about all these, these high-dollar tech jobs coming in, right? These medical research jobs, these tech jobs, and how is that going impact, to impact it? But, you know, you know we, I'm, I'm a, always have been, and I may get myself into a little trouble from this because I come from this Family, everybody I grew up with was either cops or firemen, so I lived this. I understand that world uh, a little bit growing up on that end of it. But, you know, we need to kind of support them to help them help us. But if we are having conversations like this, that we have sellers saying, I'm out, sell the house, that's how this shift happens. Oh, my gosh. That's literally how it happens. I mean, on Judah, what day was it? Was it Wednesday afternoon? It was Wednesday afternoon, right? the brothers were shot in the pickup truck in 10th and Page in a botched drug, drug and we have, deal. And we have no idea what the motive on that was. It was yet. a botched drug deal. Yeah, okay. I'm so sorry. It was, I did, I it was a violence associated with drugs. So it's gangs, it was, drugs. And guns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So two brothers um, from Gordonsville go to Hardy Drive to buy drugs. Botched drug deal goes wrong. Gunfire into a pickup truck. The driver of the truck, a 20-year-old from Gordonsville, speeds away, is shot, crashes on Page Street. A crossing guard who had just finished, you know, taking children from one side of the road to the other, literally had just finished her shift as a crossing guard, one of the first to arrive on the scene. She tells the police and the media, what did you say to the police and media, Judah? You read the article just like I did. She saw the man that was shot, and, and, and man, he's a 20-year-old, so frankly, he's a kid, that he was turning colors on the scene, dying before her eyes. 
She tried to find a pulse, could not find a pulse, the crossing guard said. Then she said the EMTs on scene could eventually find a pulse. He ended up dying the next day. Yeah. Died the next day. We're talking a 20-year-old. This happened in the daytime hours mm-hmm. when school was let out. I think it was, yeah, she, I think she'd already driven some kids home. Right. It was after her shift was over. She had done her crossing guard shift. She drove a couple of kids home that were walking. Right. And the crossing guard legitimately said, I don't want children walking on this side of town by themselves. Yeah. She used that phrase. And that's why she'd given them a ride. And that's why she gave them a ride. And then after giving the kids a ride, she rushes to the scene and watches someone basically die in front of her. I'm curious if she still had the kids with, with her. It's a great question. It's a fantastic question. And if they, she still had the kids with them, are the kids witnesses of what happened? Because I would imagine she's a witness of some capacity when this gets to court. That's a great question, Judah. More importantly, um, how is it going to affect the kids? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Charlottesville doesn't have enough bus drivers, so kids are walking to and from their house to yeah. school on a walking bus. This- now the walking bus has to dodge dead bodies. Yeah, so this is a difficult topic for me to talk about, not necessarily because of the hat that I wear that I do for a living and all the, the, the nonprofits that I do, but I grew up around this stuff. I, I, I understand this better than anybody, and it, it is a tough thing to go ahead and do that. Yeah, you know, I, I joke about it all the time, you know, um, you know, just making it back and forth from school for lo- alive was the game. It wasn't getting an education I, I don't I... Leslie on Spotify undoubtedly the violence concerns all of us and if you look at the violence it's not happening really in Albemarle County it's happening in the city had, this is a topic one. that needs to be discussed please continue fellas so they had, they had one I just recently a shooting in Albemarle County if I remember the name they had two shootings yeah. in Albemarle County off yeah. Old Lynchburg Road yeah, correct. Urban Ring Urban across Ring. from the police station on Wahoo Way and a retaliation shooting potentially a couple of blocks from that. In fact, you may have that map that you can put on screen for the Almaro County Urban Ring So shootings. let's just tie it quickly for the last 18 months. I just, I just pulled up because I can segregate out Tenth and Page, right? So right now there's no actives, there's no pendings in the last 18 months and eight homes sold in the last 18 months and the medium sales price was 505 now, the question is, is what is that going to be six or 12 months from now? But the question I uh, throw out there for everybody who's listening and watching, okay, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to fix this? What's the path to fix this? Because clearly we went from zero, almost zero. Very rarely you would ever hear anything There's about been that. 22 19. people injured by gunfire since yeah. September and two people murdered in the last 60 hours. Two people have been murdered in the last 60 hours in the city. Yeah. So what do we do to fix that? We, we, we defined it as a problem, right? What are we going to do to fix that? We've gone from zero to 22. My, my report, report I read is probably old. It had 19. But 22. What are we going to do to fix that, Coach? How do we rectify this problem, right? Do, do we, you know... Has the and and I just started the show giving shout outs to Albemarle County and I and I still stand by that. 
but maybe kind of what happened in the beginning of of some issues with the city PD. Maybe this is what's showing up now on the end of it. Maybe the 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 drug dealers are not too concerned. And I mean, that's pretty bold to go ahead and do a a um, shooting, a murder in the daytime, in the middle of the daytime, right? So that means either they're so strung out they don't know what they're doing. Let's call it like it is. Or secondly, they have no fear for the PD. Uh, I think that's I think that's most likely what it is. Is there's uh, a sense of lawlessness and fear. Um, so how do you fix that? What's, what's the fix? We support the police. And I said yesterday, on, I've, frankly, I've been saying it for a year on the show, the 50 or 60 people in this community who continue to marginalize and deprioritize the Charlottesville Police Department, I, I think it's up to us to say enough already. So somebody, Stop doing that. somebody who's on a um, Google right now is watching. Go ahead and Google New York City in the 70s and the 80s. Just take a look at the pictures that pop up. Is that what we want for our region? I'm not saying, you know, if, if, if we're following that logic, right, that this is a snowball that's rolling, you know, it, it will, you know, to Maggie's point, it will impact value. It's also going to help value out in the suburbs, right, out in Lake Monticello. It, it's going to drive people away from downtown to the surrounding surrounding areas, which, oh, by the way, has no inventory, right? So, I mean, look at what Charlottesville, look at what Charlottesville's doing to the real estate ecosystem. Charlottesville's pushing and upzoning through, and the upzoning that Charlottesville and City Hall are trying to push through are not welcomed by, what, 65% of our community does not want upzoning to happen? It's more I, than I half. Do we know that number? For sure? I, I would say it's more than half. That don't want upzoning. That do not want upzoning and added density. Yeah. I, I, so Charlottesville's u- utilizing policy to pr- push upzoning through that more than half the community does not want. I, I don't know that number for a fact. I would say that's factual. Hmm. How many people want that own homes in Charlottesville City want more traffic and more density in their neighborhood? I would say the majority of people don't want that. I, I, I don't know that for a fact, so I don't know what if I can comment on that or not. I mean, that just seems like common sense to me. Yeah, okay. That, I mean, who wants more traffic in their neighborhood? I'm not so sure it's going to impact more traffic, but that's a debate that we can have. I mean, I would think that if you have more people living in an area, you're going to have more cars. That's not necessarily true, right? It, it, could, be, it could be they could take buses, they could walk. It depends on, on the... That's, that's config- not realistic. If you have more people living in an area, you're going to have more cars. Okay. People have cars. I, 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 right? Wouldn't we think that if we have more people living here, some of them are going to have cars, so they're going to be additional cars? I think some is a good word to use. I don't think some is more. I don't think correct. I don't think everybody is going to have a car. I didn't say everybody. Said some. We'll have more cars, and then at the same time, that's happening. We got violence that Charlesville's never seen before. Are we defining that as never seen before? Do we know that for a fact? That, that I, as long as I've been here since 87, I don't remember hearing or reading of this type of, type of thing. I, I disagree with you on the, on the uh, and it just depends on how they do it. If they end up putting uh, IGA, for instance, Keith Woodward board it, right? If they end up putting a, um, 
multi-family apartment complex in there, there will be a percentage of the people that park, that have vehicles. There also will be a percentage of the people that walk, right? It's a good walking, walking neighborhood. So I, you know, I don't think it's a one-to-one -one ratio, but there is some sort of ratio that we would have. Parked. I don't think it's one-to-one. -one. I think I just said there's going to be more cars. So, so if you're if you're thinking more than fifty percent of the people do not want it, so. You're thinking uh, my mustache is staying? Is that what you're thinking? Your mustache bet was tied to when the zoning was going to, upzoning was going to happen. Got it. Not the populace and what the populace wanted. Viewers and listeners, don't but, you but think if this you're is a saying, safe comment? More than half of Charlottesville City residents do not want upzoning. I'd say that's 100% safe. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I mean, there's a, a, a list of neighborhoods that are come out against upzoning. A laundry, a, crisp, a, a good kid's Christmas list okay. of neighborhoods in Charlottesville City that do not want upzoning. So if that's the case, then, then my mustache is safe because then they sh the, the jurisdiction shouldn't be upzoning. So if you're saying more than 50% of the people don't want it and they're able to express their opinion. Local government is not going with the populace on this. For so long, local government has in implemented for policy that is not necessarily what the populace wanted. I mean, take the police and how a small group of people are, are deprioritizing or marginalizing police in the community. A third-party company was hired by Charlottesville City Hall called Pole Coal. And you have that slide from the most recent council meeting that you can put on screen. If you could put it on screen, that'd be great. The one with the police data on it. This third-party company that was hired by City Hall asked city residents, taxpayers, what is your take on police? 70% of those who responded to the survey said we want more police empowerment. 70%. 70% of, of how many? So Over 2,000 people. Yeah, okay. So 2,000 out of 50,000? But that's how surveys work. No, 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 I know that. Yeah. I mean, this is just common sense. Yeah, okay. Surveys don't survey everyone. I get it. They, they take a portion of the population and they ask them questions. Mm -hmm. And the portion that was surveyed said 70% of them say, you put it on screen? That they want more police empowerment. Okay. 70%. So, so now you've just described. Sorry, and then, no, no, no. listen to this, and on top of that, the survey, the third-party survey company said, put the other slide on screen of how they feel about local government. Tell us when that's on screen. Look at the screen, everyone. Folks surveyed by this third-party company, what's the data point, Judah? Let's go to your mic and camera on what that slide says about folks and how they feel about local government. What's the slide say? Let me get my camera. You don't even have to use your camera. You can just leave the slide on and, and read straight from the slide. All right. Let's see. Uh... So I'm at a disadvantage. I can't see this, so I'm listening. It's public record. I, know, I haven't read it. So yeah. I'm... It's in all the media. No, no, no. I'm waiting for you to give me the data because I'm yeah. standing here. See, the overall direction that Charlottesville is taking uh, this is the one, the over, overall confidence in Charlottesville government in 2016 okay, yeah. overall to confidence. today is 29% lower. Yeah, 58%. Those surveyed from 2016 today feel 29% less confident in local government. Okay. 
And Neil's saying, should government rule by survey? Neil says the difference between representative government and majority rule. So he's basically saying, Neil, that government does not necessarily need to acknowledge the majority when, in, when implementing policy into its jurisdiction. Well, they, they did recognize the majority when they got elected. So they got elected to go sit in the seat to make these particular decisions. So what I think Neil is saying is that during the process, are we ruling, are we making decisions based on, on committee, on survey results? But it's not bad information, right? So if you're sitting, yeah, someday you have aspirations to sit at the dais, right? So at someday you're going to be sitting at the dais and, and, and information like that is going to be helpful in your decision-making process as sitting at the dais. But ultimately you've got elected to sit there and make these particular decisions. These folks got elected to make a particular decision. This is why Neil's comment always is, what matters? Elections matter. Contested elections really matter on, on, that, on that end of it. But, you know, back to the conversation about will the violence that is currently happening impact housing? As you said, common sense. Common sense dictates it will, right? At some point, if it is not reversed, at some point, the comment that Maggie made is just going to multiply, Right? People are going to be looking to get out. If people are looking to get out, value of that's going to drop down. But that's going to be back to my six things I talk about all the time. That's a location problem. Right? So if 10th and Page becomes a bad location, then value is going to drop. It's the first one, right? It's always location driven. So if that happens, but what's going to happen, what's going to happen here is the volume of buyer isn't going away. And the value of buyer now, if that's really the case, it's going to put a bunch of pressure on something else. I had a meeting yesterday morning um, with a couple of rural uh, elected officials, right? And this is a prime example of why regional discussion on housing matters. Because what happens in 10th and Page is going to impact Nelson, it's going to impact Fulvana, it's going to impact Greene County, because this client of Maggie's, right, they'll sell their house that maybe won't make the money that they thought they were going to make on it, and then they're going to go move someplace outside of that area, and that might just snowball everything along it, but it's not going to, it is not going to have an overall impact on, on the overall housing market if that's where we were going with this. I think it's going to be very specific to a neighborhood, right? Oh, I... If you're, if you're a property owner in Fifeville and 10th and Page, two neighborhoods in Fifeville and 10th and Page right now, you should be very concerned what this violence is doing to your values. And, and I they, don't think it's going to impact the values of North Downtown. I don't think it's going to impact the values of Greenbrier. I don't think it's going to impact the values of Belmont. Uh, I don't think it's going to impact the values of the row houses between Beer Run and the downtown mall. Or Lake Monticello. I don't think it's going to impact the values of Lake Monticello. Or Greene County. I think this is going to drive the values of Glenmore, a gated community that has what's perceived to be a security system in place. Lake Monticello's got its own police yeah. department. I think it's going to drive the values of neighborhoods like Lake Monticello and Glenmore. Absolutely. That literally has a built-in security system. So what to do about it? I, I think, don't think this is good for the values of 10th and Page or Fifeville, though. Well, it's to have this type of bl blatant hits, 
I mean, I'll just call it what it is. People are murdering people in the daytime. Uh, outright assassinations. In the, in the daytime. In the daytime. And I, like I said, I know this world. I've lived this world. Um, it's not good for anybody, but particularly for the neighborhoods. And so, so the po- folks that are in Tenth and Page and all these folks, they are the ones that need to get not the survey, not the, the 2,000 people. The people in these neighborhoods need to be knocking on council's door, knocking on the police department's door and say, okay, you know, I'm paying taxes here. What are you going to do to help? So maybe there needs to be more foot patrol. I mean, I don't know the answer, the answer to it. Presence is a huge deterrent, right? So if there's presence of police officers, but A, do you have enough? Are you paying them enough? Oh, by the way, Jerry, what do we talk about all the time? What the hell are these people going to live? Our friends at the Charlottesville Police Department are listening to us right now oh, and are you. messaging me as we speak. Jerry, we are listening and we hear you. We want you to utilize the platform to get the word out that Chief Cotchis will hold a community forum on Monday at 6 p.m. at Temp Street, 415 Temp Street on gun violence. We hear you and we're listening Chief Cotchis will be there to answer any and all questions. What's that date? Literally from the police department reaching out, 415 Temp Street, Monday at 6 p.m. And did it give you specifically where? 415 10th Street. Got it. And the topic is going to be the recent gun violence in the community. Great. Well, there you go. There's a step in the right direction. Um, Keith... I mean, this question is obviously, re- this topic is resonating with a lot of people. Sure. And it should resonate with people. Shortly after kids were let out from school and a crossing guard helped them navigate roads in a neighborhood, a murder happened. Yeah. Uh, Within an hour of kids getting let out after school, a murder happened as they were crossing the road. So a question for the... That literally happened. Yeah, so a question for the police department if they're listening. Magic Magic wand, what is the fix for this? Now, I can tell you the neighborhoods I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. The fact that we're even comparing Charlottesville to Manhattan or the Big Apple or Queens or Brooklyn in the 60s and 70s is terrifying to me. I'm just trying to relate it to me and the world I knew. And one of the things, to back to the point of one of the things that got fixed, they actually went back to having a cop on the beat, right? Again, different environment, right? It's, it's a high-density, multi-story, five-story, six-story walk-ups, right? You know, it's just a lot of people in a small area. But, you know, you used to know the, the cop on the beat, right? You knew who they were. You knew their name. You knew their family. Oh, back to the housing thing. They lived in the neighborhood that they worked in. Some of these, I mean, I know this for a fact because this is the business we're in. I had a meeting with, um, um, you'll remember, you'll, I, the name escapes me, but the Upmore County um, Foundation uh, folks trying to talk to me on my volunteer hat on how we can help the Ab- Albemarle police officers stay in Albemarle County. So one of the things the city could do is it could help fund having police officers actually live in the neighborhoods. And that was one of the things that was growing up. You know, you always you, know, you knew who the cop was in the neighborhood. You knew who your firemen were. You knew your sanitation guy because they were they were the most important one. But you knew who they you knew who they were, and they knew you on that end of it. And I remember as a kid growing up, you know, I'd rather have the cops take care of me than the cops tell my parents because my parents would 
I'd have a sore hiney for a long time if my cops went. Kate Kaminsky is the executive director of the Admiral Kate, County thank Police you. Foundation. Thank you. thank you. She's come on the talk show. Yeah. Um, Andy Muncie and Joe George, also of the Admiral County Police Force. So the police, de- if the, for the police Join department, the what what is, you know, this is a live talk show, right? So if you had the magic wand that's behind me, what's the first two or three things that would have to happen immediately to go ahead and help turn this tide? I mean, I've, I've spoken to them about this. Um, I can answer those questions. I don't like to speak for anybody, but well, they've I... relayed the answers to me already. Um, the first thing that we can do to stop the gun violence is to fill the police force out. Okay. Second thing we can do to stop the gun violence is to make sure the police officers stay in the police force by compensating them accordingly and offering them the perks that other jurisdictions are providing to officers, and? like take-home vehicles. And what's the third one? Well, that's what was relayed to me from the police department. And you have to you have to support them and give them the authority to do their job. Kevin Yancey, exactly right. That's literally what they're telling us. A full staff of the police is the first item that needs to be addressed. And you, but you can't do that unless you pay them right. Yeah. You, and then you got to support them because what? Why would you do that? Why would you take a job on that nobody's going to support you? That and. and I, so I, I was a federal police officer. So I understand when I was attached to the U.S. embassies the first half of the 80s, I have a federal police license. I understand this, this world. But if you don't have people that support you and you're out there putting your life on the line, because that's what happens on this end of it, right? Um, you know, why show up? Why care? And these people care. I, I know a good percentage of, of the police officers in both departments and all the departments. Hire them. But this conversation we're having about police officers, by the way, we should kick the show off about um, um, Johnny's wife. Pay the teachers right. Right? They'll let them for collective bargaining so they can make enough money to have a living wage. The meeting I did in Nelson County last week in front of the Nelson County Board of Supervisors rocked my world when the Nelson County teachers can't live in Nelson County any longer. So this is a matter of compensation. Now, we had a couple of Board of Supervisors sit in these seats that don't want to raise the budget. Well, you've got to raise the budget. You don't have to raise the budget. You can find other sources of income so you, besides so you, raising the budget. So we want, to, we want to cut services. We want to find federal money, right, or some other source to pay a police officer more. Is, is that what you're saying? I mean, you, you, you can attract new business to the area. It's funny. I thought about this this morning. Neil, if you're still watching. He's still watching. Um, what exactly in Fulvana, because I, I had a meeting yesterday this topic came up on. Um, what In Fulvana County, what is the exact percentage of taxes to residential rooftops versus commercial? I've heard, I, I think it's 95, 96 It's over 90% in Fluvanna. Yeah, but what's the, in Fluvanna, what's the exact number? Because I had a meeting with a bunch of Fluvanna folks yesterday morning. Um, and I mean, if Fluvanna doesn't figure that out, they're just going to tax people out of the community. Yeah, so, they're going to be gentrified out through taxes. So the conversation was about, about um, well, how's, and maybe in my simplistic thinking, um, housing is a drain on the services. I get that. I can understand why somebody might think that. But if 97% of, of our income 
our residential tax income is coming from rooftops. Don't you think you want more rooftops so you can make more money? Or you've got to get that commercial up to 30%. That's the magic um, percentage, right? You, if you can get to about 30%. Supervisor Fairchild, who's come on this program multiple times, is not going to vote for any more rooftops. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I said it on. And he has the political capital in his corner. I said it on, and I love him with all my heart and soul. Um, I, I said it on Monday with Maggie. I've said it a couple times. There will not be any more substantial rooftops. Built. That ship has sailed. Fluvanna's yeah. just got to realize and understand that over 90% of the tax base for the jurisdiction is tied to residential rooftops. So, so here's what you're going to do, Fluvanna. You're just going to pay more in taxes if you're a homeowner. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, that's, that's all that's going to be the case. And Fluvanna, if you're okay with paying more taxes on the houses that you own, then it can stay the way it is with no additional development. But what I bet is going to happen is eventually flu flucos are going to be penny-pinched because taxes on rooftops will continue to rise and there will be outcry and outrage to the point of political pressure where elected officials in Fluvanna are going to have to get creative with driving tax revenue. And, and here's the problem with, with, with that. Um, the, the, again, I, I, I cannot say thank you enough to Albemarle County and Rebecca Ragsdale for, for taking 45 days into two weeks. Uh, you know, I, I can't say enough thanks to that. The reality of it that it took, it would normally take 45 days is a problem. Right? So what's going to happen here? And, and this is, I've been doing this for a long time. You see these ebbs and flows on the political world, right? All of a sudden, no, 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 I don't want any more new houses. Taxes go up. Oh, my God. Oh, we need more development. We need war, whatever, to come in to offset that. Well, that lead time to go from that conversation to actually producing something is years. And it's just now's the time Actually, the time I think is passed. But now is the time to be more proactive to say, okay, what do we got to do to bring in businesses? We talked about this on Zion's, on Zion's Crossroads. I've, I've had clients go to other parts of the state and other states because they won't come to Zion's Crossroads, mainly because we don't have the water, enough water there. But the second reason is who am I going to hire and where are they going to live? You know, unless it's a high-tech industry that doesn't employ any people, right? Uh, it's this is a conundrum uh, going back and forth. But I think, I th to use your term, and and I will catch some heat for this, but it's going to take a long time before the revenue s swing happens in my particular county. Because I do not see a budget going backwards. I don't know. Maybe Neil would disagree with me. But, and I think they talked about this when they were on the show last Friday. I don't see the budget going down. Assessments is what it is, right? Tax rate will get adjusted to make the zero. But I'm going to be paying more tax cash for my home in Fulvana County. Um, this topic is resonating. Let me ask you this question. And Matt Daring, if you're watching, and I think you are, I'm going to mention this comment on the talk show. In fact, I'm going to let him know right now. I will mention this comment live on air on the talk show we are doing right now. 
So please tune in. Here's a so, question so for while you. So while you're doing that, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's watching and listening and the three of us or the two of you guys particularly in this. We walked in this show with zero topic discussion and the feed is what's driving well, us. So thank you for that's doing that. That's what makes the, the network so great yeah, is no. we talk about stuff. S- the stuff that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a 30-minute newscast on TV that has 22 minutes of content and can only allocate 15 or 30 seconds per soundbite. So before you um, ask that question, if you can give me a little latitude here. Um, I texted myself the picture of this. There was, um, we talked about this in our pre-production meeting. There was, I'll leave the news, I didn't want to call them news, uh, the entertainment media outfit out, that there was a big blurb in the alert I got last night that, you know, housing values are down by $2 trillion nationwide or some, some number like that. If you were to read that, if you were to read that, that blurb and not actually take the time to read the full article, you would go, oh, my God, my house value just went down. No, what happened was the volume is down so much that the total dollar value of sales is down. So you have to read through the article. It's not that individual values are going down, but the overall volume is substantially less. Would you, if you lived in Charlottesville City, and Matt, I'm going to relay your comment literally live on air right now. If you were a homeowner in Charlottesville City and you had children that were elementary school, middle school, or high school, would you allow your children today, tomorrow, this weekend or next week to walk unsupervised, ride their bicycles unsupervised anywhere in the city right now in this climate? I think the answer is in certain neighborhoods, no. I think that's the short answer of it. In certain neighborhoods, yes. So you're a parent. At you the are moment. a parent. At, excuse me? You, you are a parent. I am you a would parent. not allow I'm a gran- your I'm children. I'm a grandparent. Which in certain neighborhoods, you would not allow them to ride their bicycles unsupervised. So I am going to continue to get myself into trouble today. Back to my looking at houses at, in Richmond. Now, I happen to say this to my son-in-law and my daughter, but I would actually say this to any client. There was a home that was the right price, wasn't in the right location, had the right features and condition, and I told him, I said, as a grandfather, I'm not comfortable with my one-year-old daughter in this, walking these streets or riding a bike on the street. So it does matter, right? You know, we're not supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be somewhat neutral, right? But we are humans, right? We are grandparents. We are parents. We care about our children and the safety of our grand, grandchildren. This is what Matt Daring said. Believe Matt Daring lives in Fifeville with his wife and two kids. He, he knows it better than anybody. He said, I heard you mention me on air, so I took a listen. The answer is yes. My children will still be able to go where they want in Charlottesville. In fact, on Wednesday, which was the day the man was murdered in the daytime hours, by the way, he says, in fact, on Wednesday, my son and his cousin walked from Fry Springs to my office on grounds, had lunch on the corner, walked Main Street to the downtown mall, and then wa- walked back home via Ix and Cherry Avenue. Total economic impact of $49. 
my oldest and their two children and their two friends went to the Fitzroy last, last night to celebrate their birthday. They walked home as well. I walked from Grounds to Belmont on Tuesday. I also walked from my office to Preston for haircuts regularly and walk right down Page and Hardy. I won't stop. I refuse. Refuse in all capitalized letters to live in fear. I won't let them win, period. It sounds like many of your listeners are motivated by fear. I am not. I will not be. Do I believe things need to change? Yes. Clearly, we need gun control. There are 1.4 privately owned guns per person in the U.S., we are the only country, the only one where this is true. That means that speaking from averages, Charlottesville has around 65,000 guns in the community. And then we act surprised when we have gun violence. Matt, I respect the courage from that comment right there. This I, is I from Kelsey watching uh, hold the on show. Let me adjust that. I respect that. And it's interesting. Uh, when August 12th happened, right? My brother-in-law, James, and I literally held hands. James is watching. Held hands and walked up and down the downtown mall to show people that this, they weren't going to win. As a, as a Marine, uh, my hat's off to you, my friend. You know, go out there and show, show them they're not going to win. But the question was, is it going to impact housing value in those particular neighborhoods and if it continues it will that's just a natural as you said common sense process in it but my hat's off to him i got chills up my back as i was listening to him because i walk everywhere around tonight i'm going to go get a drink at belmont i'm going to work walk from my office in x to belmont to get a to get a drink this is from Kelsey. Jerry, we're homeowners in the city of Charlottesville, and my husband and I were talking after listening to your show on Tuesday. There's not a chance in hell. She says, hell in all caps. Our children are walking unsupervised anywhere in this town right now. We often would drop them off on the downtown mall and pick them up a couple hours later, like you talked about on your show. We are no longer doing that anymore, much to their disappointment. So you know what? God bless America. We've got two different folks, one that's comfortable with doing it and one that's not. It's what they're comfortable with, what, what, how they wish to raise their family and their grandkids and, and so forth and so on on that end of it. And my hat's off to both of them. They have the right to make that decision. Again, the question was, will this impact value? And I really never thought about it until today's show. But, you know, if it continues, it's logical of course. That, 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 that it will. And it's logical. Someone was murdered in a neighborhood in yeah. the daytime hours after a school crossing guard helped kids across the road after school. Yeah. That's literally happened. Yeah, I remember, it made me, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I grew up during the summer of Sam, the, the summer of Son of Sam. And I remember, I remember my aunts and uncles, the females in particular, my aunts, uh, just not wanting to walk the streets and stuff like that because everybody was worried about you know this nut that was out there killing people. Woody Fincham watching the program. Hey, Woody. Woody says this. Woody, I love you. Last time that I had some clients in town, I took them to dinner on the downtown mall. I was approached here. I was approached by a homeless person. They asked for money, and of course I didn't have any cash on me. As I was walking away, the guy threatened to kill me. There was no way he was going anywhere near me, but I'm not going back to the mall in the evening. It's not an unreasonable amount of fear. It's a reality that there is no police presence there, and we're just a block from City Hall. He got, he got threatened. His life was threatened because he didn't give money to a, a houseless individual. Yeah. That's Woody Fincham, the most 
legit, even keeled, one of the most legit and even keeled people I know. He's not, not exaggerating that. There's not an exaggerated no, 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 bone no. in Woody Fincham's body. The, 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 that, what he just described, happened verbatim the way he described it. There's oh, no, no doubt. no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, so back to the police department, right? Okay, so we got to get more folks. We got to more folks walking up and down the, 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 the um, mall. My question is, if you don't mind, my question is, is, okay, Woody, what do you think? If there was a police officer walking up and down during that altercation, because that's what it was, it wasn't, this wasn't, hey, can, can you help me out here? This was a threat. He was threatened. His life was threatened on that, which was, is a criminal act, by the way. On that end of it, would the police officer, would, would that actually stop that altercation? Does that make sense? I think the perception of police on a beat keeps yeah. crime in check. Yeah, so what they do, they just move a couple blocks away. They go, they go to where... To where the police where are not. not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a prime example. Um, Times Square, right? 60s and 70s, Times Square was not a good place to be. Come around Giuliani, like him or dislike him, around his, his mayorship, it started changing. It changed for two reasons, actually was they kind of implemented some of the things we're talking about. The other thing is, most people don't know, but Disney owns most of Times Square. So Disney started going in and buying all the things. So if you ever actually now walk through Times Square, it kind of feels like Disney, doesn't it? On that, on that end of it. So it took somebody to come in and kind of buy all these. I'm, I'm sure small ears are listening. I'm trying to use the right words on it, but certain type of establishments, let's call it, that were a bit seedy, and they've kind of started buying them all up and, and kind of moving those things out. But as soon as the police president was there, and it's interesting for those who know the neighborhoods at all, they just moved several, whatever that component was, just moved several blocks in a different direction. Our, our uh, friends at the police department says, as always, Jerry, thank you kindly for your support. We are grateful. Matt responds to what we're saying, daring, he says, Jerry Miller, to say that the city government, and Judy, you might want to chime in on this. You should hear this. This is in relation to what you and I had to say yesterday. Uh, Matt says, Jerry Miller, to say that the city government does not support the police when it is the second largest budget category behind schools is erroneous at a minimum. Clearly, they have a recruiting issue. They have recruiting issues. Part of that is due to the public opinion of policing. Part of that is that it's hard to find people to do just about any job right now. Charlottesville's unemployment is 2.3% at last count. Mm -hmm. There are simply not enough people to fill lots of jobs, including the police. The city could use the significant surplus that is created by the vacant police positions to do a gun buyback program and reduce the amount of weapons of warfare that are out on the street. I respectfully disagree with this. Matt. I, I, I just, I want to, I want to add something to that. I'll bet you, and we won't know this because of the investigations and all this stuff, but I think this particular assassination, because that's what it was we were talking about on that end of it, I think when you, when the investigation's over and everything, those shooters, I don't think are from our area. I disagree with that. You think they're local? Yeah. You think they're Outside local? of the Belmont shooting, the people have been from the area. Outside of the but murder I, I, in Belmont, I, I, I follow this closely. Yeah, I, the folks, the, the, the people doing the gun violence and drug violence and gang violence are from this area. There's only been one circumstance where they have not been from the area. Okay. 
Um, and Matt, I respectfully you fo- disagree. You follow up more than that. I follow it extremely closely. Uh, Matt, I respectfully disagree with you. And why I disagree with you is because the other police departments in Central Virginia have full forces. So if Fluvanna has a full police force, and Admiral County is getting close to being full with its police force, and Orange and Louisa don't have a police force attrition issue, but Charlottesville, a third of the department, is empty, we're not going to call this an issue of finding people to fill jobs. Yeah, so there's, there's, to a certain degree, he's right. So there's, there's a lack of leadership. We're not paying the people right, right? But if I can make the same amount of money in Charlottesville as a police officer in, say, Flavana County, why the hell would I go to Charlottesville? Flavana, Alboro, and Orange, I think, pay more than Charlottesville City. I'm just making general, general statements. If, if, if it's and the st- citizens don't hate the police in those counties. Until they get a couple of speeding tickets and they get... Every time I've been in trouble with the police, you know what? You deserve it. I deserved it. Amen to that. Every time I... The police ain't made a going after me for something I didn't deserve. Every single time I deserve I should have gotten in trouble. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was saying earlier, I'd rather have the police deal with me than might be taken home. Yeah. Because, you know, and I deserved it. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I deserved whatever... 100%. Whatever I... Whatever I... Whatever I got. Um... Uh... But right now, I'm just looking just to, to kind of bring this back to a housing thing. Uh, the city of Charlottesville, um, last 30 days, just to kind of kind of wrap in some of these um, events around the last 30 days, we've got a total. Now, this is just a 30-day snapshot. We've got a total of 14 homes on the market, um, 20 are pending, and 22 sold. And I'm trying to take a look at some of the neighborhoods real quick to see if if any of them are in the Tenton page. There was one in there's one on Page Street that went on the market for that is under contract. I don't know what it's gonna close for. For two ninety was on the market for hundred and twenty five days, by the way. Katie Pearl, welcome to the program. Hey, KTP, we love you on this program. It was great seeing you yesterday, KTP. What do you think of the gang? gun and drug violence in and around Charlottesville City and how it could impact home values. Do you see the gang, drug, and gun violence impacting values or causing concern for homeowners? For example, Maggie Gunnels had said her clients in the 10th and Page neighborhood are literally looking to sell their home in 10th and Page right now because of this violence and are looking to purchase something in Albemarle County. It's motivating them to sell their home. So I'm, I'm specifically zeroed in on Tenton Page because I can do this on a map search. Uh, no actives, two pendings, one at 290 and one at 329. And it's on, uh, hang on a second, one's on Page Street and one's on the 329 is on Gordon Avenue. Gordon, Gordon and 12th. Gordon's more UVA grounds and not Tenton Page. Yeah, so, so, so part of, you know, Tenton Page is such a narrow swath, right? And we're only 50,000 people and 10 square miles. So these neighborhoods kind of mix together a little bit. So it's kind of, to me, I think, looking at physically at the map, uh, Tenton Gordon may be the UVA set up on it, but it's awfully close. It's on the peripheral of Tenton Page. It's on the peripheral of Tenton Lynn Snyder, I agree that we cannot be fearful, but in my experience, cleaning your house changes your experience. The mall is filthy, 
and to let homeless set up permanent residence is not helpful to anyone. I do believe it takes a village, and not just putting emphasis on police, it takes all of us. So far, the police chief seems to be trying this approach. I agree. I like what Conscious is doing. I like that he's having a town hall meeting on Monday at 6 o'clock. I like that he's openly talking to community members about the gun violence. I've been told that Conscious lives in the 10th and Page neighborhood. So he is literally talking the talk and walking the walk, living in this neighborhood. These walk and talks that he is doing is fantastic. He is still only a, what, a month and change on the job? So we have to let him really get a feel for what's going on. But think of, think. Eventually, people are going to be saying, you're the police chief, and this gutting drug and gang violence is still happening. What's going on? That will happen eventually. But that's hard to say. Just think about that. You, a month to two months on the job, and I know this is not his first one, right? I know this is not his first, uh, you know, front porch. Uh, chat or whatever we're calling we're calling it on the end of it you know so he's doing the right thing he's getting out there but if your stats are right he only he has he's missing a third of his force yeah right it's great to have the conversation great to go do that but if you're missing a third of your force right you know that's like just equated to uh the teachers right all of a sudden you're missing a third of the teachers in a school you know how can you actually do your job with a third less uh back to the Back to the unemployment thing, you know, that, that, you know, we've always been high or low, actually, with our unemployment. But it's hard to, to hire folks on that end of it. We, uh, Chris Fairchild was talking about last Friday that Fulvana is going to look at hiring its own EMS, which I'm in support of on that end of it. The question is, who are you going to hire? And then where are they going to live on that? And how much are you going to pay them? And then how is that going to impact the budget? And how is that going to impact what we were talking about, how much cash I got to pay out of my pocket for those services? Because we don't have, in our county, we're at whatever Neil's number is. I, I don't know, but it's over 90% for rooftop. Uh, he gave us that number. I have that number from Neil. Let's see here. I think it's north of 90%. I, I That's actually remember. less. It is. Um, yeah. He good. That's good news. shared a link to his... Well, that's good um, news. Free Enterprise Forum, oh man. Well, that so means it's going in the right direction because it was in the high 90s at one point. Here's the, and, and support Neil Williamson in the Free Enterprise Please. Forum. Fluvanna County, page seven of the Free Enterprise Forum 2022 revenue report shows 81% of revenue in Fluvanna County is local property taxes. Well, that's freaking huge. Neil also says based on Fluvanna's lack of multifamily developments and the absence of statistically significant commercially zoned property results in the business tax revenue total just 7.96% of total revenue in Fluvanna roughly $3,748,000. So an interesting thing about Fluvanna County um, on that end of it uh, because I was part of this Oh my God, it had to have been 20 years ago. Um, But we have a power plant, a a natural gas-fired power plant, Tanaska it's called. And their application was actually for two of them. And that power plant, and Neil will correct me if he's still watching, uh, last time I looked, produces somewhere around $6 million worth of tax dollars. I may may have that that number wrong, but it, it sticks in my head. The reality of it is, 
they wanted to build two. The political winds at the time said no, only one. So now, if we would have had, and assuming my number's right at six million, maybe I'm wrong, but I, it's in the millions for sure, tax us, we could have had twice. But it got shot down. The second one got shot down. So, you know, if you can't approve projects like that or income streams like that, you know, I'm glad that it's 81%. That's great news. Um, I've been saying in the 90s, so thank you, Neil, for correcting me on that end of it. But if, we, if the 20% isn't producing those kind of dollars, it really doesn't matter. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. John Blair, welcome to the program. We love you, John Blair, on this program and the perspective that you routinely share on the show. Um, he's watching in Stanton right now. I mean, does... Is it Stanton or Staunton? I think either one flies. There you go. Um, Judah, why don't we get you in the mix on this? I'm very open-minded to your level-headed and consistent perspective. Do we need valuations to plummet from the gun, drug, and gang violence before something is legitimately done? Because right now, a lot of this violence has been pocketed to neighborhoods... It's a few block radius. ...of violent... Histories. Yeah. It's, okay. It, it, Five it, Phil and Tenth and Page have a history of neighborhood of violence with. I mean, I'm physically looking at the map. We're looking at blocks here, not not neighbors. So when you define a neighborhood to me, that's a larger area. I'd say Tenth and Page is a neighborhood. They define it as a neighborhood, but it's blocks. It's a certain block radius on, on that. I mean, end the Tenth and Page neighborhood, while not nearly as large as say a neighborhood like Glenmore. Has more people living in it. Or Belmont. See, Belmont's a larger... Yeah. Tenth Page has got over 800 houses in it. Yeah, again, it, defend, it depends on where you define the, the limits of Tenth and Page on, on that end of it. But it's a, there's a substantial amount of people living So there. we're talking thousands of people. Between the two, I would imagine. Yeah, so. yeah. Do we need to get to that point before something is done? That values plummet and people are fearful to go downtown... And economic vitality suffers. What do you mean by something is done? What is being done right now? This is, we're having walk and talks. I love walk and talks. They're great. But walk and talks aren't solving the violence. Conscious is going to do a conversation but that's, uh, but that's on the, Monday at 6 o'clock. But that's the first step, right? They, they, you know, it, it, the, the fact is that the first step? Is that the first step? You've got to put a face with a name and, and get out there and to the gentleman that was talking about walking from one part of the neighborhood to Matt the other. Matt Daring, he's watching yeah. right now. Yeah, so, you know, he's going to get I'm there. getting your name right, Matt. He's going to get, and he's going to walk and talk, and he's going to stand tall and says, I'm the person at, at the head of this. I don't know if he's going to offer solutions, but I'm here. I'm not sitting behind a desk. I'm not sitting in a house in... No, he's saying he's not going to change how he lives his life. Matt's saying that. No, no, I'm talking about the police chief. Okay. Right? The police chief is out there walking the walk, talking the talk, getting his face in front of people, right? It's a first step. It's a step in the right direction. Now, the question is, what's the rest of it that has to happen? I mean, but, we can't just keep talking. What are your thoughts on this, Wickhauer? Because well, we're at the point of economic vitality being impacted. It is, but I think... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, well, first of all, I think the walk and talks are not the only thing going on. So... You know, there's there's much more going on in the police department than just uh, than just conscious doing walk and talks, 
And uh, as to the question of whether or not uh, more needs to happen before something is done, I think something is probably being done already. But the problem is that you you don't just you know just go and round up a bunch of people and and crime is done. Uh, clearly, there's more going on than just uh, you know a few random uh, acts of gun violence. Uh, and so I think they need to find the underlying issue and once they can identify and start to contain the underlying issue then we'll see i think we'll see crime start to decrease but conscious has been on the job for how long i don't think this less is less than the, 2 months i don't think this is the kind of thing that you're just going to come in and sweep the streets and all of a sudden everything is good i've said i'll say this again i think conscious underestimated the challenge he has here in charlottesville I think he severely underestimated the gun and gang and drunk violence when he took this job. And I know people close to, them, close to him told him he was crazy taking this job. Katie Pearl says, how about the police arrest the person responsible for yesterday's homicide? That's what I'd like to see done first. Katie Pearl. Amen. Or, or how about... These walk and talks are good, but you know what walk and talks are? They're window dressing to build political capital. Okay, but, but Conscious is not the one that's patrolling the streets. You don't know that. Conscious was one of the first people on the scene at the 10th and Page murder. The Literally point, one of the first people. My, my point is that he can do walk and talks while the police are doing their job. He, he's not required every minute of every day to be, to be you know, hand-holding the entire police force. If he's doing walk and talks, then he probably feels that that is a necessary part of cleaning up what's going on, uh, which, you know, which... I don't disagree with the arrest comment, obviously. Yeah. These people need These to are, be- The arrests aren't happening. Well, now, granted, they arrested uh, Skeeter Smith's killer, but we have not had arrest for the murder in the urban ring yet, for the mid-30s man who was murdered in the daytime hours. We haven't had an arrest for the one that happened on page a couple of days ago. We haven't had an arrest for the man that was hit by a bullet in his hand outside Dairy Market. Arrests haven't happened. The police are actively asking the community for help. And do we? I don't know the answer to this. I'm just arbitrarily saying this uh, without any factual background, just to quantify that. But do we have an... I disagree with you somewhat, Judah. This is not just a few. This is a substantial amount. That being said, do we have the qualified homicide detectives? Do we have, the, do we have enough forensic folks to go ahead and help do this? Saying it, just arresting somebody is a little, little bit more involved in it other than let's go out and arrest somebody. But to the, to the new police chief's credit, it's called leadership. Right? I'm out in front doing the leadership. This is what he can do, what he has at the moment, not sitting behind a desk and, and cowering away. I, and I don't know the man. I bumped into him at, at a city council meeting when he was getting uh, uh, hired on the, on the end of it. So I don't know him for anything. But I, know, I can see by his actions he's trying to go out there and do a leadership thing. Hey, I'm, I'm the guy or person. I'm in charge to go ahead and do this. But what's more importantly, and... Woody, I love you with all my heart and soul, but if somebody threatened you, I would have filed a police report. I would have, I would, I, I my How do life. How file a police report now? You, you can't even file a police report. You have to do it online. You can't go into the police station and file the report. You have to do it online. 
They literally have a number of crimes online where it says on the police department webpage that if you want to file these reports, use this digital platform. So th- that's a problem. It's, of course it's a problem. And you know why we have that problem? Why do we have that problem? We don't have enough bodies. Because we have a third empty staff. Yeah, yeah, we don't have enough bodies. They can't police yeah. crimes. Yeah, sure, yeah. And it's no different than the conversation we were having about when I kicked the show off by thanking Albemarle County and the planning department for doing something that, that they say I need 45 days in two weeks. The reason they need 45 days to do, this is a simple boundary line adjustment. Agreeing, everybody's agreeing to it. There's no conflict. There's no nothing. But the reason it takes 45 days is they don't have enough bodies to go ahead and, and review it. Why they don't have enough bodies? They don't, they're not paying them enough? Because 50, and, and part of it, because 50 or 60 people on Twitter are hating on the police. Yeah. And we well, know who those people are. Yeah, well, it, you know, you hate on police until you need one. Exactly. Yeah. And the third party company, Polco, 70% of the folks surveyed said, we want the police, empower them more. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy to say I don't want a police officer until you need a police officer. It's easy to say I don't want a fireman. Nobody ever really says they don't want a fireman. People love firemen. Yeah, people love firemen on that end of it. People love EMTs. But, yeah, because... The, they it, save people's lives. Well, so does police officers. Yeah. Who's usually on the... Who's usually on... Police. That's exactly right. Who, who is usually the first responder to a situation? Police. That's correct. You know, let's take shooting out of it. Car accident you know, heart attack or something like that. The police department is generally the first, not, you know, you have individuals that are first responding like normal citizens doing it. But as far as, you know, police, you know, uh, official showing up, it's usually the police officer that shows up first. I, He's I, the one that's giving them. I would love she. to see what happens and we should track this data. Home values in Fifeville and I've already, I literally just I, set up a, an I, alert. Our, Chemistry is right. I literally just set up two automatic searches. There we go. And and at end of it, so it's it's going to be tracking. And I've I actually set it up so it does it day by day by day. So what's coming on? What's going off? What's coming on? What's going off? And we will through future shows on Real Talk anyway. We will go ahead and start tracking those two specific neighborhoods. I actually. As while you were talking, I drew a, 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 I could do what's called a map search, and I can draw a physical box or triangle or rectangle or whatever you want to call it around a specific area. So I've got that, and right now there's, in both of them, there's zeros for sale, um, zero pending, but there's multiple units that have already closed, and I've just did a quick 30-day snapshot. There's six that have closed uh, in the last uh, 30 days. Katie Pearl, great comment. The difference between firefighters and EMTs and police officers is that firefighters and EMTs are only in the business of saving lives, whereas police officers are also tasked with holding people accountable. And let's be honest, there are a lot of people that don't want to be held accountable. Amen. That's 100% right, KTP. Strong comment. You never pick up the phone to call a police officer to say, hey, how you doing? Right? It's like going to a doctor. You never pick up the phone to call a doctor. You're going to doc- you, you never pick up the phone typically to call a police officer something good. You're picking up the phone to call a police officer or 911 or online is because of a problem. Right? Even though you pick up the phone to call EMT, it's a problem, but it's, it's to solve a problem, uh, if that makes any sense. It, it, you know, it's generally never a good thing when you pick up the phone to call a police officer. Give and again, I, I, I actually... I have a copy of it. I'm 
a, used to be a federal police officer. I know this world for only six years, but I know this world. Um, give the uh, viewers and listeners some closing thoughts Ooh, there, Keith. It's 11.39. Sorry about that. No, no problem. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, keep a track on, we'll keep a track on it. Um, I'm going to go positive again. Thank you f- to Albemarle County. You know, we, we did a multi-layered domino deal that Albemarle County could have said, well, I'm sorry, you need 45 days. Come back in 45 days. Instead, they raised their hand, did the right thing, and said, what can we do to help this situation? So, you know, we just went through this whole hour or some odd talking about this. This was a very positive thing that happened. So I want to say publicly thank you to the planning department and Rebecca Ragsdale in particular for going ahead and stepping up and doing it. Here comes the fire department. There we go. Um, What are they called? The bravest. There you go. Um, And uh, be safe, guys. So... I just want to say thank you to that. Um, I I love our Batman and Robin days. Phone, I was hoping to have a little bit more fun, but this was good content, and it needed to be talked about, so thank this you. This is what people are talking about. I know, but I, I wanted to talk I mean, about spandex and stuff. You've got to like talk that. about the stuff that people care. Yeah, what about that? Uh, we appreciate the viewers and listeners watching the show, and I am having the same conversations you are at our dinner table as well. Literally the same ones. So I empathize with your concern and or fear. Fear is a frightening emotion because it includes vulnerability, the unknown, and the unknown and vulnerability are always going to be emotions that rattle us to the core. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, daytime murders in the heart of the city, oof, we'll talk more about this on the show today, including some analysis and reaction from what was one of the most populated and well-attended school board meetings I've seen in maybe a decade. All those topics and more on the I Love Seville show in so 50 minutes. So our next Batman and Robin show, we're going to talk about fear. Philip Dow says, excellent show. Grayson, Leslie, Kelsey, and others have all said, this is why we listen to this network. Thank you kindly for those kind words. Judah Wickhauer is the director. Keith Smith is a realtor. If you need someone to help you buy and sell houses, call Keith Smith. I do work. Of Yes Realty Partners. He's a realtor, and he is damn good at his job. I love Seville show in 39 minutes. So long, everybody. It's hot.